She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast. Um, Today, it's Friday and, uh, of course, we have another guest. And it's another exciting first for the She Loves Herself podcast. Um, I've been getting lots of great messages from you guys about the last few episodes, well, particularly season four, and the direction that we are moving into, talking about intimacy, relationships, sex, sexual health, sexual healing. And so today I have a really amazing guest on. I'm speaking to Som Rakshit from Mystery Vibe. He is the co-founder of Mystery Vibe. So for those of you who don't know what Mystery Vibe is, let me just tell you a little bit about them. They are an award-winning company who specialize in award-winning devices that deliver targeted vibrations to improve your sexual health. So in this episode, we are chatting about why so many people struggle to open up to the truth about their own sexual health. Um, We discuss ways to communicate and add spice into the bedroom. We talk about sexual healing. This isn't just about vibrators and sex toys this episode. Whilst we do talk a little bit about it, it's much more focused around the sexual healing and the sexual health aspect. We talk about sexual de-armoring, vaginal dryness, erectile dysfunction, issues with your prostate. And these are the things that people aren't really talking about and perhaps don't feel that there is a safe space that they can go to to normalise this stuff. So here I am. I'm bringing it to the table, people. And I hope that you guys get a lot from this episode. Um, If you enjoy it, please review or share or both. Um, Yeah, otherwise, let's just go straight in. She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie. So welcome to the podcast, She Loves Herself, Som. It's really amazing to have you join us. Thank you for having me. Yay! So just to give you guys a little bit of background, I was down in London um, in December visiting my friend Caroline. Caroline and I trained together as coaches, you know, almost four years ago now. And we were having a good chat and she mentioned some to me when we were talking about um, intimacy, sex, relationships and so on. And she mentioned some to me and I said to Caroline, I need to really, I really, really need to speak to some because he is someone that I would love to have on the podcast because what we're about to talk about is a first for the podcast. Now, the listeners will know that I've gone in a slightly different direction. So we've had different guests on. We're talking much more openly about intimacy and relationships, but we haven't gone down this route yet. So to have a guy like Som come on and, and talk to us about what we're about to talk about is really, really exciting. So Som, do you want to just tell the listeners who you are and what it is that you have created Yes, yes, um, sure. Um, so my background is engineering. Um, I studied for a long time at Bath uh, doing PhD and postdoc uh, in defense electronics. Um, so it's a very different world from where I am now. Um, however, the similarity was even back then, and this is 20 years ago, even back then, my focus was understanding human biology and how engineering can be applied 
in conjunction with medicine to create devices. Um, back then, I was working on iris recognition, so understanding human eyes and recognizing for uh, defense and national security. Um, and then over the years, um, I always wanted to get back to uh, building human engineering, so working with doctors and creating engineering products. Um, and the thing that uh, came up over, like we started our company, Mystery Vibe, over eight years ago, but in that time between my last company, the defense company, which we sold in 2009 and Mystery Vibe in 2014, so that period of time, the, the biggest topic that always, uh, recurring topic that always came up was how do you reconnect with your partner after a major life event? So a major life event like having a child, um, how do you get over the pain, the you know, vaginal pain, a perineal uh, cut pain, um, pelvic floor issues? Uh, how do you uh, get over that first and then bring the intimacy and pleasure back into the bedroom? Uh, how do you restart sex? Um, or, or very inevitable life events like menopause. Uh, it, you know, it's nothing special. It's, a, it's just a natural course of time. Um, however, if uh, it's very uh, poorly talked about and understood in, in most uh, places. Um, so something uh, like we were talking about, about uh, brain fuzz. Um, you know, if you're going through it during perimenopause and you don't really know that it's supposed to happen or can happen to many people, you think there's something wrong with you, which it, it isn't, of course. So um, again, you know, how do you get through that period and, and feel like a sexy woman again? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and from the male's perspective, uh, as you age, erection becomes an issue. Uh, and more than half of men suffer from ED, erectile dysfunction. Uh, and above 40, it becomes more and more prevalent. So again, um, nothing we have to uh, hide under the carpet, but simply uh, look at it, um, talk to in proper healthcare experts and figure out what it is. It could be psychological, you know, maybe stress related. It could be physiological uh, or it could be due to something else. So uh, our goal was to bring all of this together, the understanding of major life events. Uh, that's kind of our core um, fundamental is help people get the mystery back in the bedroom after or during a major life event. Um, and, 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 you know, it covers uh, significant things like prostate cancer, the number one cancer in the UK, um, very big uh, topic. Um, and often the solution, sadly, is removing the prostate completely, which means uh, inevitable ED. There is no way around it. So, so all of these things are um, big life events. Uh, how do you cope with them how, from a sexual health perspective? How do you uh, recover from them? How do you uh, then use both knowledge and that's a big part, writing content and really explaining uh, all of these things and uh, what they can do with them uh, and devices, which is where the electronics comes in, is bringing all our defense electronics knowledge into medical devices and creating devices which are very adaptable and mm -hmm. deliver vibrations. Absolutely fascinating. So fascinating <clears throat> because we often think about sex toys are you know, um, they're, they're kind of made of plastic or they're like, they're shaped in shapes like a penis or, you know, there's lots of different sex toys you can get. And most of the time it is about sexual pleasure. But actually the difference with yours is it's, it's more sexual health. And um, you talk <coughs> about 
prostate cancer, you talked about, you know, um, perimenopausal women or menopausal women, you know, um, there's, you know, vaginal dryness and there's lots of things that impact people. You talk about um, erectile dysfunction. And I feel like, God, there's so much I want to dive into. I'm going to try and not jump about because this excites me. Because first of all, let's just go back a bit because I want to talk about how much people, when you said sweep it under the carpet, that really jumped out at me because um, sex is something that people find really difficult to talk about in general. Okay, they don't feel specifically safe. There's a lot of shame around it. And this comes, you know, from this is generational. This comes from, you know, ancestors. And it's and it's, you know, it's very much, you know, that shh, don't talk about it. It's a dirty word. Um, you know, and even if people have sort of specific fantasies or shame, again, they don't know where to go with this because who do they talk to? Who do they go to? You know, and there is professionals out there, but actually there's so many people that I have spoken to and, and I've been impacted by this where I haven't felt safe in the sexual layer. I haven't felt like I could, you know, heal from specific things, talk about specific things um, because there's so much shame attached to it. Um, and there are so many women and men who struggle with sexual trauma, not even just from, you know, something as as, as awful as rape or, or abuse, but actually, like you mentioned, you know, specific things, childbirth or where they've had maybe an operation, um, an internal, that they have just really just blocked out. And actually this really impacts so many men and women from being connected to themselves, never mind connected and intimate with a partner. And so it's, it's one of those things that really couples do struggle with couples and individuals really yep. struggle with that sexual layer and um, so I guess what I'm what I'm looking at is from your perspective this is actually how can we heal these parts of ourselves by using these tools not only for sexual pleasure but to actually heal yes and uh, a really important point is often uh, and at least areas we focus on often you know, to get to pleasure, you need to get over pain. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and there's a really big statistic, which is 86% uh, of women suffer from sexual health pain at some point or yeah. many points. Um, and that could be something very uh, regular, like period pain, uh, which is still sexual health, even though it's nothing to do with pleasure. Um, but equally, something like, say, uh, vaginismus, which is, uh, which is often undetected till um, you have penetrative intercourse. Um, because you have everything is seems normal, you know, when it comes to the vaginal opening and everything seems normal till uh, you have an intuitive intercourse and you think and you realize it's very painful. Um, but often people simply just live with it. Uh, and if you do, um, you know, if you do not uh, address it, then you will simply move away from sex um, because yeah. you would not want to deal with it. Yeah, for sure. And you talked about 86% of women, so nearly 90% of women. Um, but it's so not talked about. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a hell of a lot, right? But people aren't talking about it. So they are actually not only disconnecting from themselves and not meeting those needs for themselves, 
they really struggle with communicating their needs to their partner whether you're male or female so being able to communicate their needs because they think that there's something wrong with them Mm -hmm. and there's so much shame attached to it that they don't want to talk about it and a lot of the time when you talk about pain so much of this you know I obviously talk about a lot about energy a lot around um you know healing and and trauma and things that we carry in our body that some of it isn't even ours it can be passed Mm -hmm. down from our bloodline and um and I I see it so often with women you know that portal that womb space where that seed of creation came from where we can manifest from where our you know our power is that we are so disconnected from it um and I think it's really important that there's a real blend of you know, you talk about these tools that you can use to work through them. And I'm going to ask you some questions about it. Blended in with doing that inner work and, and you know, releasing and or understanding mm-hmm. what it is that you're actually holding on to. So for me, I love the blend of both, how you can use those tools and how you can also work through it. So n- not just one or the other, just that beautiful blend of both. Um, because if you... For me, if you don't understand what's actually going on and you're using a vibrator, a general vibrator to get sexual pleasure, you're going to constantly come up against this struggle mm-hmm. until yep. you connect with actually the root cause of what's going on and heal from it. And I want to ask you about your tools, those tools that you have, how they are different mm-hmm. from a general sex yep. toy. So if you could tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. And and also, the, just to your point, I think the really important piece is um, if you use whatever tool, you know, a vibrator for pleasure or a vibrator for relieving pain, um, without the uh, without understanding what you're trying to fix first, then it doesn't uh, work as well mm-hmm. or not at all. Um, and which is why, uh, you know, the big part of what we do is, apart from the devices, obviously, is content and just trying to educate people on all the various questions that they need answered. Um, and, and it could be something as simple as, you know, what do I do about my dryness? And, and the answer is really nothing more than a lubricant in many cases. You know, it's really that simple. And we're talking about a, a spend of maybe five pounds um, to buy a good, obviously a really good, um, you know, well-produced medically compliant lubricant. Um, and and that is so um, that is so interesting uh, for me at least. Um, so we went to NAMS, North American Menopause Society, which is the biggest menopause conference in the world. Um, and generally, you know, there is a lot of uh, talk about medical uh, advancements in menopause, like HRT, etc. However, um, I think we were the only company who had sex toys. Uh, even though they're medical toys, but they are still sex toys uh, from an external perspective in there. And it was fascinating how many questions we got asked about um, just general sex life. Um, people have so many questions. Uh, and, and when we talked about lube, I mean, like I just mentioned, uh, most of the reaction was like, we know about lube, but isn't that for like kinky people? Mm. And we're like, no, do you know Lube is actually an FDA-regulated medical product. Uh, yes, of course, you can use it for kinky sex, but that is not the original purpose of creating a lube. It was 
and has and it's still it's like a condom it is an fda or c in europe it is a medical product of course you can use a condom for kinky sex but that's not what is designed for uh, from a manufacturing perspective right so from a manufacturing perspective a lube is designed to comply with medical standards and the best use is dryness so uh, and it that, that that's the thing it's not even that they are not aware of it but the fact that they're aware of it in a say 50 shades of gray perspective um, and they're like that's not for me you mm. not that i'm suffering from dryness and it's painful what do i do about it so so yeah really really good point um is you can't just uh go straight to a product whatever the product is without understanding how it's going to help you with your solution so 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 with that um to answer your question um the products we make are very specific in terms of um working with doctors and mimicking what doctors would do for the patient and if the patient can self administer and do it themselves so um this was designed for uh, for uh, postnatal mums yeah so the idea is using um two fingers to reach and stimulate the vaginal wall to create a massage and create a uh, uh, blood flow especially with uh, scar tissue repair um so what this does is it literally mimics two fingers has lots of bends so if you can just bend it like this and it would hold its shape and then you can uh insert however you need in whichever direction you need um and deliver vibration exactly where you need yeah uh and equally it can be used for other things like for example curve it in a way that it fits the on on the tummy the on the lower abdomen and uh help with period pain relief it can also be used uh to reach and stimulate the prostate uh to uh release secretions uh which is a very effective method of reducing prostate cancer um so a lot of um applications exactly like fingers would do which yeah. is all doctors and nurses have access to uh, and how we can create devices to um make a better more targeted finger so that's that one the other one is um our ed device so for erections so what this does is it stretches so because uh, penis is obviously all different uh, diameters and the same penis varies from flaccid to erect significantly so it then sits imagine if this is the penis it sits at the uh, head of the penis where all the uh sensitive uh, nerves are it creates an erection by creating stimulation then the penis simply slides in so that this can constrict the blood flow hold the blood and has a uh, has a gap for the semen to pass through if they want to have a baby um and then the front then stimulates the labia because 9 out of 10 women need external stimulation to get aroused and the back uh stimulates the perineum of the man to create blood flow so again a lot of uh very targeted very flexible very adaptable vibrations um and and the goal is how can we deliver very precise vibrations at precise points where they needed um, so fundamentally it's very simple uh all uh, most sexual health issues stem from blood flow issues and uh, which is why vigra is a uh, heart medicine or was originally created for to be a heart medicine for to help with blood flow right so blood flow is the fundamental to more sexual health issues so and vibration uh, is just um electronic version of massage and by massaging an area you can improve blood flow which is what vibration does so if the vibration is very precise and both in 
location and in frequency, then you can be very effective in creating blood flow. So that that's the overall picture, yeah. Amazing. An amazing description, right? Because um, I think it's really important because people aren't, as I said, they aren't really talking about this stuff. And when a lot of people, you know, we see other companies that advertise sex toys and it's amazing, it's never really talking about what you're talking about. Some, they don't really talk about that. It's more about, you know, kinky, it's pleasure, it's fun, it's playful. And you can have all that with your stuff. But this this is so different because even the way that they're made is so different. You know, you described about, um, and what I'm really feeling into, it's more, there, there's a real element of sexual healing here. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's there's probably, I mean, I, I, I know for sure there's a lot of couples that aren't having sex. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. And, and when yeah. we very first caught up, we had that little mm-hmm. chat before we did this, you know, you were in agreement, right? There's a lot of couples that do not have sex and just don't know how to talk about it. And, and, and that's the norm rather off. than the exception. Uh, we ran a survey last year uh, to see the impact of lockdown. And one in three couples hadn't had sex in 2020, all of 2020, mm-hmm. and hadn't actually had sex in all of 2019. So it had nothing to do with COVID. And, and the reality is most couples after a few years together don't have any sex. Um, and, and the reason for that is some major life event happens. And then and then kid is obviously a big part of that. Um, the minute a big life event happens, sex becomes the last thing on your mind. And then the longer you leave it, the more difficult it gets to get back into it. Yeah, I think that you just get disconnected, don't you? And separate. And when you said 2019 and 2020, I can believe that. And I'm sure if you surveyed people, it might even be longer than that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. A lot of couples are together and they have a relationship and they have children, but the intimacy isn't there. And do you believe some, I know my thoughts on it, but I really want to hear yours. Do you believe that you can get that back? So if there's a couple who haven't had sex in a year or two years, maybe longer, Mm -hmm. and they just don't feel that sexual connection What's your thoughts on that? Can you get it? Not even thoughts, data. So we have so many, a lot of our customers in the 60s and 70s, and a lot of them, uh, and we talk to as many customers as will happily talk to us. Um, A lot of them say, you know, they haven't had sex for 30 years, and then now they're rediscovering, now they're learning, now they're healing, and now Mm -hmm. they're having sex again. So it's never too late. You know, um, I'm talking about real people, who haven't yeah. had sex, who have been, you know, in a relationship with their partner for a long, long time, you know, now their kids have left and, you know, retired and they have time. And I think that's a really nice time to really, um, you know, start looking at yourself because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, you know, I've pretty much achieved everything I wanted to achieve in my life. And now I have money, now I have time. I want to, you know, look after myself and my partner. So uh, often a lot of customers we speak to are in their 60s and 70s. Um, wow, and and, and, and they're uh, getting it back after that. Yeah, they're getting long. it back, and 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 you know, like the comments we get are so sweet. Like you know, I feel like a teenager again. I feel like you know, I just met my like I when I met my uh, now wife and girlfriend for the first time, and you know, it's it's really sweet. That's amazing because what I I think can be really common is that when couples aren't intimate and they're not having sex, you know, there's that lack of communication. They drift apart. The intimacy's not there. They start to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. um, 
either they introduce someone in, which can, you know, it does happen. I don't see it as, it might be really common, but no one's talking about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Or they they have affairs, Mm -hmm. right? They, they, um, you know, there's infidelity there because they feel that they can't get that need met anymore by their partner. So, you know, you've done a lot of research. What kind of advice would you give for someone who or what's your thoughts even on people that start to drift because they feel like yeah. they can't get that from their partner so uh, it's really i would say the most common question we get uh and and it's it's framed slightly different it's like how do i either how do i spice up my bedroom or how do i keep my uh sex life interesting yeah but i would say the most common is how do i spice up my bedroom which already means that you know they have lost that excitement um and 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 the first thing we tell them is super normal you're you're normal you know nothing wrong with you that's how you know that's how it goes so um our step-by-step guide is always figure out what you want to um start with you know maybe um you know maybe it's not just let's say give an example of someone who has had sex for a year you don't just say hey look let's have sex that doesn't really work mm-hmm. right so um, we say how about you start with something intimate like a massage you know um, but then not even just drop that over you know dinner conversation because the other person probably isn't ready to have that chat um, so we say take a step back share an article from a very reputable news publication Guardian, BBC, whatever, yeah, about something in that topic. Um, maybe, uh, I mean, it's very easy to find on Google, you know, you search for massage BBC and there will be some topic or Guardian or Telegraph or whatever, right? Um, find it, find something really interesting that you love reading, share it with your partner and say, hey, this is very interesting. Um, or it could be like a surveillance like story about how you know, couples um, have started doing these things with each other, and and uh, and the really key point is has to be a reputable media. It can't be, um, you know, it can't be the Sun, because then n- not that there's anything wrong with the Sun. It just it's Sun is for fun, right? If you sa- share a Sun article, your partner will be like, oh, this is very funny, and laugh and forget about it, mm. and and you don't want that. You want uh, them to say, oh, this is interesting let's dig deeper or they might say i don't like it and the beauty of this way of doing it is you don't have the fear of rejection because if you sit over dinner and say hey you know uh, i want to get intimate with you after like a year or two of not doing anything most likely they'll be like i'm not ready you know or or Mm -hmm. say something that will uh, put you down whereas in this method you share something which is third party yeah. Worst cases, they won't like it. Maybe they'll hate it, and they're like, "Oh yeah." And then you just say, "Yeah, you know, forget yeah. about it." And mm-hmm. and then the the newspaper takes the hit, not the mm-hmm. not the person. Not the so that's how we uh, we suggest people um, get start getting that mystery back. You know, it's like step one, very baby steps. Do not jump into it because it generally backfires. So we do not recommend anyone to just jump into it. After yeah, the, the ego is left bruised. Yeah. Yes, massively. Which yeah. Then causes more. And it gets worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you jump into it and you get a no, you're probably not 
say anything. And that's when, you know, you might start to look elsewhere and that's where it gets tricky. Yeah. And this is the thing, right? If you look at couples, individuals, men and women, they want to feel connection. They want to feel like love and closeness and intimate. But the communication is probably the biggest piece that's lacking and how people struggle to communicate. And when you were talking about, um, you know, starting off with, you know, I read this article and, and this massage, and I think it's really important to say to people listening that it's really important that you work on your stuff. So, you know, and really getting to figure out why don't I want to have sex with my partner or why am I really struggling with this? Because, um, you you need to take full responsibility for your part because often we project stuff onto our partner. Oh, it's because he didn't do the dishes. It's because he doesn't listen to me. And that there might be an element of that in there. But I talk a lot um, some around really meeting the needs of yourself. Mm-hmm. So really connecting to yourself and getting to know yourself. We are in such a world where we are so attached to people, situations, things, opinions, and we project our worth and our happiness, our sexual desire, orgasm, all of the things onto other people. Mm-hmm. Yet we're so disconnected from ourselves. And if we cannot meet the needs for our own needs yep. for ourselves, how on earth can we expect anyone else to? So I want to just for you guys when you're listening to this, think about well, what do you like? What pleasure do you like? What, you know, what if it's deeper connection that you're looking for are you deeply connected with yourself you know and if you're looking for a partner to satisfy you do you satisfy yourself you know all everything is a mirror and often with our partners whether they're male or female you know and this is in life in general they're mirroring back something to us so when we're feeling low in a space or um, our needs aren't being met it's often because it's been mirrored back to us that we have poor boundaries or we're we're not communicating, you know, we're not meeting our own needs and we must take responsibility and do that work. And, you know, I, I've done a lot of work over this in the last four years around connection. And I, what I really discovered with myself, Som, was, and I didn't know it was a thing, mm-hmm. was that I was brought up by a single mum. And so, and it was always my mum, my sister and I, And I didn't realise that I had this thing around men where I had this belief that I didn't need a man. I'm very, very independent. I don't need a man. Now, I'd be in relationships and things, but after a year or so, two years, maybe I'd be a bit like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't like this energy and I'd want to kind of escape. But what I would do is I would project my stuff onto them and say, well, you know, they're not meeting my needs um, and they're this and they're that. And I would genuinely believe that that was the case. But I would, when it came to intimacy after a few years, I would be like freezing, like, oh my God, I don't want to have sex with this person. Mm -hmm. And I really had a lot of shame around it because I thought this happens. You know, I started having sex when I was 17 and every single relationship the same thing happened after a few years. I would be like, oh, I don't want to have sex with him. And um, the relationship would break down um, and I would blame them. And, and, and on paper and on a surface level, they did things that didn't show up to meet my needs and I would end the relationship. 
But when I really discovered what was going on, I discovered that I carried so much from beliefs around men that it wasn't safe. So, you know, in the honeymoon period, right, you know, it's all wild, it's free, it's amazing. But actually, we're wearing a mask, right? We're like, we have this mask and we're super adventurous. But when the vulnerability piece starts to come in, maybe after a few years, the masks, all of those identities that you've carried start to fall away and you're you're naked, not just physically, but emotionally mm-hmm. naked to that person. And they see you and your wholeness. And that can feel really scary. And it did for me. And I realized that was the thing. And I needed to go in and work on that. And I actually, you know, I talk a lot about um, ancestral healing and I carry a lot from my bloodline. So I investigated um, and as I dug deep, there was beliefs around men going back to great, great grandparents. So, of course, that was carried through to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that that fear felt super, super real. And when I did the work, I was able to go in and it took me a long time. Right. Because, again, manifesting and working and doing all the things, you know, in the upper chakras and and those parts of me were very, very safe. But going into the deepest parts of me, you know, that sexual layer was the one layer that I struggled with mm-hmm. so much to get into and to almost detach and unhook those cords and attachments that I had to old beliefs, which most of them were not mine. They just lived within me. And I had to go in and unpick all of that. And what I'm kind of getting to is taking personal responsibility for what is going on for you is really important because if you do not work on this, whether you're a male or a female, you will for sure carry into your next relationship. So ending the relationship with your partner now because you think, well, I don't fancy them, I don't want to have sex with them, that may be the case. But until you've really worked on this, you really want to think back, well, actually, is this a repeated pattern? Does this happen to me? Because if it does, then the chances are you're going to have to go in and do some work on yourself because if you don't, you're going to take it into the next relationship and you're probably going to take it into the next relationship. Um, So yeah, individually working on that. And what I wanted to say to you about the tools that you've got is something that I learned and I experienced and I learned it and I researched it was something called sexual de-armoring. So going for women, really having to touch specific parts of your vaginal wall um, and self-massage to really almost massage, as you would a muscle in your shoulder, you would massage that pain or trauma out. You would do it the same way. I had such fear around doing it. And even touching myself, I was like, oh, it feels weird. I don't feel comfortable doing this. But actually what I love about your tools is they they could be used for doing specific things like that. So again, medical, that place of using it to actually heal, to really heal, to understand yourself and to self-heal is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no, so true. And, and um, you know, your point was so uh, spot on about understanding yourself and your desires before you even get to talking to your partner is so fundamental. Uh, I, I remember one of the articles we wrote um, 
because we love writing step-by-step guides, one of the articles we wrote was um, about this, you know, spicing up your bedroom. And the first thing was, uh, the whole section was, um, you know, these are some really great ideas on how to masturbate. Um, and that was step one, even though the idea was, the article was about couples and bedroom and stuff. Like step one is like, forget about anything else, you know, just focus on you. And uh, these are some really cool ideas. These are some really yeah, cool well, toys. These are some really cool positions. These are some really cool uh, objects you can use to discover your body. Um, because a lot of us just, you know, do the same thing every day uh, when it comes to self-pleasure. But there's so much you can discover. Um, and th- this is where the content is so important. It's like just some ideas uh, like, um, you know, hot towel or ice cubes or just little ideas, uh, which are very easy, uh, homemade ideas, you know, nothing fancy that you have to go buy and spend money on, um, can really elevate that experience about your own pleasure. And then the second point was that, you know, what we were talking about, uh, getting into massaging each other, like normally not even have to be sexual. And then the third point, I remember where there was mutual masturbation or not even, so if you have figured out step one, which is what makes you super horny and sexy and, you know, gives you amazing orgasms yourself, just that, that can be taken to you and your partner in the same bed, mm-hmm. but pleasing you, yourself. So there yeah. is no expectation. There is no, uh, you know, fear of failure. There's literally just the fact that you're together is intimate, even if you're touching yourself. Um, and then, you know, th- the next bits come in of the uh, sequence. So it's like all of these things that, um, like you're saying, is uh, it's universal. It, the feedback we get, because everything we write is based on what customers tell us worked or didn't work. Um, and we try to collect as and simplify as much as possible. So it's really yeah. easy to follow. That's amazing. And I, I and. Going on to, so the guys, for example, with erectile dysfunction, how common is that? Uh, more than half of men more than suffer half. from it, yeah. Okay. And typically, what do people grab? Is it Viagra? You know, uh, it, it is. Um, and uh, there is a really important point to ED. A lot, a majority of it is psychological. Uh, so, you know, like, um, and it can happen in your 20s. It doesn't have to be something that happens in your 70s or 80s. Um, and psychological is something uh, quite simple to fix. You know, like, obviously, uh, if you remove your prostate, that's a physical thing. And it's not, you can't just think it away, right? So a psychological AED is often, maybe your stress levels are very high. Maybe your mm-hmm. brain is fully clogged with work and emails yeah. and meetings. Uh, you know, these are simple things, you know, they're not complex life issues. Like yeah. you can decide, okay, I need to take some time out, stop working, you know, mm-hmm. which is why uh, there's a very famous uh, and funny campaign in Denmark. So Denmark has a massive issue of uh, a declining population. Yeah. Uh, and the government, and, and this is the only happens in Denmark, government ran a cam- campaign to promote sex. Um, and they put massive billboards, which had a picture of, uh, you know, elderly lady, and it says, do it for mum. So basically it's saying, hey, can you, can you please make your mum a grandmum because she's really waiting for the kid. Yeah. Uh, and they gave 2,000 euros to anyone who, was, um, who didn't have a kid uh, and was willing to go on a holiday. Um, 
in like a you know really nice week long holiday because a lot of babies happen on holidays and it's just statistically it's true. So so the so going back to the point about uh, stress, um, if you can get yourself out of your you know day to day routine, you know go away for a week you will feel way sexier you will feel so much happier your mind will be clear and you will feel you know just generally better mm-hmm. so a lot of erection issues come from uh, stress related stuff mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. psychological stuff and some of it comes from uh, losing your sensitivity to extreme porn um, so mm-hmm. so for example uh, you know if you're used to watching very uh, hardcore porn where you know everything is very um, superficial then seeing something normal doesn't excite you anymore in in some cases and, and, and yeah. yeah interesting so i was just going to ask you is it always kind of stress related and stuff you know it's psychological but again that's psychological isn't it as well because yeah. you have this vision of porn of uh, what is sexy yeah yeah, and, and, and that's not or whoever real life. Like, well, that's not as exciting as what I w- I'm used to watching. Mm-hmm. And so how does someone then work through that? Again, psychological, they've got to mm-hmm. obviously go in and maybe, you know, if I'm if I'm coaching someone like that, there's definitely some work we need to identify why are you addicted to porn and so on and, and really understand and get into the root of that because we can get to the root of yeah. anything and we can really navigate and heal and work it through our bodies for sure. Um, but I guess having the tool mm-hmm. that you've got can really help that. It just so, so correct. So, so it's it's two parts. Yes, the tool will help you. So even with prostate cancer, um, you know, our tool helps with erection just by creating blood flow anyway. Um, but the real solution is um, speaking to uh, sex therapists, you know, psychosexual uh, therapists, because uh, especially, you know, let's say you become, um, you know, kind of immune to arousal because of a hardcore porn, um, it's actually not difficult to get back. Um, I, I think the data is like 30 to 45 days without um, uh, stimulation from hardcore porn is probably sufficient to get you stop, uh, get back to um, feeling excited with normal things. Uh, it's no different from smoking and lungs. So I think it takes six months from a chain smoker uh, to a completely regenerated lungs um, wow. from from when you quit. Um, so, uh, so and uh, you know the the main thing we tell people is it's never too late from any for anything, right? Um, the the that. most important thing is uh, knowing what is bothering you and um and accepting it you know it is a problem and then seeking help uh, and that help could be you know talking to experts it could be you know reading articles if you're not ready to talk to someone yet it could be talking to ai you know uh, there's a lot of uh medical chatbots now uh, and and there's data which shows that people are more comfortable talking to a computer you know knowing that a computer will never judge uh, than than even to a doctor. I mean, you know, normally people shouldn't have to think about talking to a doctor, uh, especially a doctor in sexual health. You, they've seen it all, uh, but still, people do uh, so worry about these things. So much. Yes, um, only one in four people ever go to a doctor when it comes to sexual health. 
Uh, whereas, you know, 100% will go to a doctor with a cold. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Again, it's yeah. that, that stigma mm-hmm. around it. And I really want to start normalising this because so many people are missing out. Mm-hmm. You know, when we are in our sexual power, holy shit, it is another level. Amazing. And I think just people are accepting that, oh, well, it's gone and that's it. And we live lies, you know, we, we don't live to our full potential. But when we can connect with that sexual power and connection and intimacy, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. You know, we're happier, we're healthier, we're manifesting, we're creating incredible, you know, relationships, connections. It yep. is, you know, as I said, we came from that, you know, that seed, <laughs> in that space you know we were created from sex right so we were created from sex and it should be pleasurable it should be powerful but for so many it's not and I guess what we're seeing some is that there is help out there you know whether no matter who you are at we want to start normalizing it first of all and um, if you can't speak to someone there are these articles there are your articles so where would people be able to find these articles. I mean, you tell us, and what I'll do, Sam, is I'll drop all of the details in the show notes yeah. of this episode. Yeah, so everything is on our website, mysteryvibe.com. So it's, you know, the content, the products, everything is to help people bring that mystery back into the bedroom. So yeah, yeah. just mysteryvibe.com. Mysteryvibe.com. I love it. Bringing back the mystery to the bedroom. And even if you don't have a partner, this is important work to do. Like I talk about this. And yeah, mystery for yourself or, or your partner. It doesn't matter who with, um, or, or many, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's really uh, self-pleasure, self-love, uh, self-healing. Love it. Self-healing, self-love, self-honor, self-trust. Mm-hmm. But it is, you know, everyone, when you ask people, what do you really want in life? Most people will say, I want inner peace. And I want to feel the best that I can feel. But if we are disconnected from that sexual layer within our being, we aren't being the best that we can be. We're not feeling the best that we can be. And there is help out there. There's ways to navigate through it. And you even mentioned prostate cancer. You know, when you have your prostate removed, you know, typically there's erectile dysfunction. You can bring that back even using these tools. So it's not just about sexual pleasure. It's about sexual health and healing. And I think that's just so unique and so incredible. Um, yeah, I've just loved chatting to you, Som. Amazing. I need to need to try out some of your products. <laughs> no, I, I. You know, this is this is what we do. We we want to uh, get the information out there in whichever medium, so people know that there is a solution. There's always a solution. Um, but the sad reality is most of the solutions are hidden behind uh, medical institutions and doctors, but most people don't go there. So they will suffer okay. for years and years uh, in silence, and but not consult uh, a therapist or a doctor or a nurse. Mm-hmm. So no more suffering in silence. We're going to start normalizing this and heading over to mysteryvibe.com to read these articles and, you know, perhaps even looking at these products and seeing how it can help you. But it has to start with you. 
You know, if you don't make that change and be that change, then nothing will change. You've got to take responsibility rather than expecting a partner to do it for you. Um, and then at least when you've done that work and discovered what your needs are and met those needs and reconnected with yourself to begin with, you will understand if that partner is able to show up for you in that same way. And if they're not, that's fine. But at least you can, if you were to end, you know, a relationship, you will know that you've done everything. You've at least reconnected with yourself. You've at least healed those parts of yourself so that the next relationship that you go into, should you decide to do that, um, you're very conscious and connected. Therefore, you're going to attract someone that's able to meet those needs for you on that level. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Very true. Have I missed anything, Som? No, no, this is amazing. I mean, we could talk anything about this forever. Anything else you want to share about the community? <laughs> Um, no, I think just, um, you know, anyone listening who is uh, at that point where they're thinking, how do I uh, you know, spice up my bedroom, which is the most common thing, um, I would say, you know, try that. Uh, the, the very simple method uh, I talked about is find a topic in pleasure that you would like to introduce and find a very uh, reputable article about it and, and and see what happened and share it and see what mm-hmm. happens you know the the, uh, the chances of it going wrong is pretty low yeah great advice remember both of you and your partner probably want the same thing mm-hmm. oh yes absolutely in, in most cases both are thinking how do i talk about yeah. it but both are a bit scared of rejection, rejection. and neither of them do yeah mm-hmm. it's generally the yeah. case where both when one person says something, they're like, oh, finally, you said it. I'm so glad you did. Yeah, love that. Yeah. Tom, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been amazing. I'll drop all of your details, all of the links in the show notes. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's amazing. <laughs>